When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey. Yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome to another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. As always, it is Olgad and uh, Declan Goff. Talking about the Wild, talking about the National Hockey League, um, talking about the All-Star Game. Hey. Love, I love All-Star Games. I love the All-Star Games. Um, but let's start with this. The Minnesota Wild, which started off, as we've talked about a lot by now, the season so poorly, uh, definitely has turned a corner and did so some time ago. I think they're one of the best, if not the best team in the National Hockey League since early November, which to me is absolutely outstanding. Um, Declan, we were both at the game a couple nights ago when they lost to the Islanders and Matthew Barzell, who's a marvelous player. Well, worth pressing mission. But they've so won, uh, the Wild, that is, has won three of their past five. When you watch this team right now, what do you see as far as sustainability of play? Because I still can't decide here. If you had to ask me right now, yes or no, is this a playoff team? I say no, it's not. I think they're very much what we thought that they, they might be in training camp, which is not a dumpster fire, which they were to start this year. But I would also say the Western Conference is fairly tough. It's very, very tight. I don't think it's a playoff team. But they certainly at times look like they could be. So what is your takeaway right now as you watch this team? And we're recording this on uh, New Year's Eve. So, But as we, be, as we get set to flip the calendar to the 2020 portion of the season. You know, I, I look at a lot of things, and the way that I've what, I've, what I've taken away is they've been playing a lot of track meets. It seems, you know, they've had some fun games in Colorado. We saw just uh, the, the Friday before we're recording here today. That was an up and down the ice game. You see young players still taking steps forward. Some veteran players like Matt Zuccarello. Ever, I think I cursed the guy uh, ever since I wrote for him at scorenorth.com. His, his play has been in the absolute crapper. Um, what happened? I, it's the typical me, kiss of death. I praise someone, their play goes his to hell. His passing was so good. Through the time you wrote that, and uh-huh. like the next game, he couldn't complete a pass. I had a feature that I had all planned out, and now I, now I have to wait for the next Zuccarello hot streak to uh, possibly write it. So that's uh, that's too bad. Okay. But what I what I look at what I see is they're they're scoring a ton of goals. And actually, I was just doing some research on this with Matthew Collar, and basically since November fourth, which is during their hot streak, right there during that time, they have the six most points in the NHL. They've been fifteen, seven, and four during that stretch. That's despite their special teams being in the absolute crapper, which we'll get into a little bit. But they're also their shooting percentage is the best in the league, meaning they are scoring the most on their shot attempts. At the same time, they're not putting a lot of shots on net. So during the hot streaks, it's November 4th. They're 30th in shot attempts a game. Okay. But they are first in shooting percentage. 
So they're converting at a very high that unsustainable seem, rate. I was going to say, that doesn't seem like it can keep up. So looking back even from the start of the season in the first month, their shot attempts four were about average, I believe. I think they were like 17th or 18th in, in shot attempts four, and their shooting percentage was like 24th. Yep. So they were getting a little bit of bad luck on their shots. So I believe they're somewhere in the middle. They're obviously not going to convert 12.6 shots per game while shooting almost the least amount in the NHL. I also think they can't be as bad as they were. So they're somewhere in the middle. Um, you're somewhere, hopefully, between league average. Because I think this is just this team where they'll go into hot streaks and they'll score a lot of goals and they'll look like, oh, wow, this looks like a playoff team. And then you'll have nights like against the Islanders on Sunday when the, when the offense is just no-showed and no one can show up. Yep. So it's middling, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's middling. You're not going to be able to sustain this level of play long-term. I don't think you can. It, it, it seems impossible. Um, at the same time, though, you see young players still taking steps forward. Kevin Fiala, I think, has been awesome since this last stretch. Ryan Donato this month has finally earned the trust of his coach to go out there and make mistakes and get a little bit more playing time here and there, which is helpful. Um, but I think this is this team. This team will go through runs where they look really good one night, and they're going to look bad the other night. So to answer if they're a playoff team, no, I don't think they are. I think they're a bubble. They're probably the last team out. But we can we, we have seen this before from the wild where they can go on runs of brilliancy and runs of swoons. So And they've got a great coach. That's the one thing yeah. that I can't ever discount is how I many know. how many points he gets from this team. It's amazing. The Boudreaux gets. I mean, I, I don't think there's a debate here. I think if you were to look at the, the four main men's teams that we watch, professional teams in this town, Rocco, great first year, right? AL manager of the year, he deserved it, seems to have the Zen of Rocco going for him. Impressive. Mike Zimmer's a very solid coach. I think he's a very solid coach. Ryan Saunders is very young. His teams are going to lose quite a bit. But I think if you had, if you could take baseball, football, basketball, and hockey and stick them together in one big pot sure. and just say, okay, what coach would I pick to win this game in this town? I think as long as it's not game seven of a playoff game, <laughs> well, and I hate kicker, to say though. that. But I think I would take Bruce just to win your arbit. Like, if I had to win a game on December something, I think I'd take Bruce. I think if I had to win one game, I think I'm actually going to take Zimmer. I think I would actually take Mike Zimmer. Oh, they tried I, to win I, in I, Philadelphia, Yeah, that's too. right. That wasn't very pretty. Um, but I think he could scheme up a good enough game. Where Boudreaux, if you're asking me to take one for the season? Yeah, regular season game. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux. I think, yeah. 90%. 100%, and, 100% excuse me. And I, you know what? I can't, I can't for the life of me figure out because there's two very separate trains of thought here, Declan. His game seven record as a coach is awful. It's what, like six losses? I think it's like one and seven. It's just terrible. Um, and one train of thought is that's on him. His teams lose. And the other train of thought, which I don't disagree with, is well, hold on a second here. It's hockey, it's bounces, it's goaltending. You know, you're putting so much on your goaltender. So it's not Bruce's fault. But much like uh, Cousins' lack of success exactly. on Monday nights, at some point in time you've played enough games where you are like, well, you can't just dismiss this as it's not any, you know, it's it's just weird. It's a No, at some point in time, you know, Monday night football, are they all Kirk Cousins' fault? No, but enough of them are sort of his fault. And Boudreaux's game sevens, I can't decide there because, uh -huh. Declan, we've seen this guy coach here. And, my God, this year, right now, if I if I had to vote, for the coach of the year, the uh, guy Jack Adams. That, that wins that award in this league, I think I would go with Boudreaux right now. He's it's definitely been, a finalist. It's been off the charts. He's been very good. This team should suck. Yeah. 
They're not. They're, they were supposed. Even I know we thought they were a bubble team. National outlets, numerous of them thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the West, which we all kind of scoffed at. Then through the first month of the season, we're like, oh man, maybe they were right. They actually knew something. Yeah. Um. But I think with Boudreaux, I mean, if if he if we're just on the game seven thing too, so if he's one and seven, that means he would have to win six game sevens in a row just to get back to five hundred on game sevens, right? right? Which is even more crazier to do. Right. So. But at what point do you dismiss facts? Uh, at what point do you take uh, sample size, no matter what, and just dismiss it? Because I'm not trying to say it's all Bruce's fault, but I'm also, I also can hear a case where you can't just say, that's yeah, a big sample size, but I don't care. I don't know where to go with it. And I can't believe he hasn't won more. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, John Gibson, I'm trying to think of the other goaltenders that have been through Anaheim. Wash, that, and know, Washington. Wash, you know, washed up Ryan Miller, I think, too, was in, in Anaheim when he was there. So I think he's still there. Yeah, I think he is. So, you know, he didn't have the best of goaltending, and it's classic Boudreaux, and it's he a had, knock um, on him. What's his face? The kid that's in Toronto now. Um, Reimer? Um, no. Reimer was there. Frederick Anderson. Anderson. Anderson was there. He so loved, He loved him. He loved yeah, Frederick so. Anderson. I mean, those are goaltenders which are great, but they're even goaltenders I wouldn't really put above Dubnik. You know, probably even if anything on the same plateau as Dubnik right now. And so it it, all, it always come, it does come down to goaltending in Game Sevens. And I mean, for God's sake, Darcy Kemper outdueled Barlamov in, in a Game Seven against Colorado six years ago, right? I mean, that stuff just kind of happens. Where sure, it's, it it comes down to your goaltending. It comes down to so many other different situations too in a Game Seven. But with Bruce Boudreau getting so much out of this team. I, I think that is I know you have been on the record that at times that's actually a detriment because if this team's going to suck, he's going to prevent them from sucking. Which is why I say extend him now. If you're going to keep him for this year, just keep him. Yeah, I think I think I would be pretty surprised. It would take a substantial downfall for them, and and not even with core injuries. I would th- it would take a substantial downfall from now to the end of the season. How for many to fire coaches? Him. Okay, here's a question for you. So so like if. The uh, listeners to Judd's Hockey Podcast are saying right now, oh, give me an example. You know, it's the players who win. How many coaches could have kept his guys engaged a week ago on Friday night in Colorado, for instance? Because Colorado is faster than you. They're better than you. And I think a lot of teams would have said, okay, you know, we're in Colorado. By the way, it's our first uh, game back after a three-day break, so our legs are really sluggish. The ability that Boudreaux has to keep his team engaged and keep going, to me, that's what's impressive. And, you know, I know he's not a great player, but no Miko in that game, no Zucker in that game. You look at the guys they've won with, and and also he's gotten, and this is the thing that impresses me in a really good way uh, through the month of December, Declan, that I really like to see. Bruce, look at at what he's gotten contribution-wise from young players who we've all said you have to develop. The young, I mean, that's that's what's remarkable with me is the young players have taken the step forward, and he's giving them opportunities a little bit out of necessity because because you have injuries to Koivu and Zucker. Um, but the, I think what's uh, so intriguing is they're doing just fine without Zucker. They're doing okay without Koivu. I mean, I think losing a center has has put a strain on the team. And I know Nico Sturm just got sent back to Iowa, and it sounds like Miko is should be back and ready to go. It, it might be a game time decision on the Tuesday night as we record this, but it sounds like he is now healthy and out of the woods with his injury. Um, but I think that's the thing. And we've talked about if Kaprizov ever comes over here, well, someone in the top six is out of the fold. So, and, and, and it might just have to be Zucker. Yeah. And, and right now, I mean, Zucker's not a guy I would, cause I think he'll, he'll be out through at least to mid January. Right. I mean, at, at the earliest. Yeah. Broken leg. But yeah. So best case scenario, you get him for a month. I don't think there's anything substantial enough to flip him at a deadline or anything. Uh, but you're, you're going to have to answer a question of, 
who do we have to remove? Because we're not just going to bump him down to a third line. You know you have to get Kaprizov up here. I don't think Zucker is someone who is going to be playing third line minutes either. And the third line with Eck, Cunning, and Greenway has been so so flipping awesome that you can't break them up as well. So it's, it's a tough road to be in, but I, I think it's starting to show like, look, Jason Zucker is a really good player and, and he's having a career year, bounce back year to see it two years ago, but he's showing a lot of metrics that say, again, not sustainable and B, kind of replaceable. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do one thing substantially well. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of good things, but not, not, there's not one thing about his game you're like, wow, I can't believe he's able to do this. It's right. very replaceable. Right. So the thing to me, as we start um, 2020, that I want to see Declan sustainable. If they don't make the playoffs, that's fine. I'm not looking for this team. I don't think this team is great. Uh, I, I think this team is probably certainly not as bad as they started, but they're probably not as good as the hot streak that they had as well. So the one sustainable thing, and we're seeing it now, is young players developing, which we just talked about, and engagement as well. You know, the first 10 games or so, this team looked like it didn't care. It, it really did. It looked like a bunch of veteran players that didn't care. It looked like young guys that were just completely lost. And, and what struck me as we sat in the press box at the X watching the Islanders game on Sunday was, yeah, they really couldn't score. Yes, they didn't look great, but they looked very engaged. Greenway was still out there, I thought, trying his ass off, right? Yeah, good game. And so, so what I want to see is that. That's the most important thing. And, and that's a credit, I think, to the coach too, because he's developing players, but just as importantly, he's developing them while keeping them in, engaged. And his whole thing of, of that I know you love is don't go in the locker room and be like, woe is me, something's yeah. going to go wrong, the old Eeyore philosophy on yeah. life. He does a good job of keeping these players away from that. And if that extends to, if he can keep that away from the guys like Donato, Fiala, Greenway, Cunning, go down that list, that is a win in 2020. Totally. And, and that's exactly what you want to see from Bruce Boudreaux is him getting more out of these young players. We know what the veterans are. We know what Parise and Zuccarello and Koibu are. And, and yeah, I know we touched on it earlier. Zuccarello's been a little bit, has, has gone on the snide here. Which was your fault. Which is my fault. And also Matt Dumba still has, has a snake bitten on both of his arms as he's skating up oh. and down the ice right now. We'll get to that. But Fiala and Donato and Cunnan and Greenway and Eck now who's back with his injury. And even when Kappa was up here playing very well. That is, that's your future right there. And if those guys are taking steps forward, that gives me hope that even if this team's a bubble team and they're 10th in the West again and they're picking 10th again in the draft, these young players have taken enough substantial uh, a, a foot forward that when you bring in a Kaprizov and then also maybe bring in a bring UFA, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, for example, my entire outlook of this team is your now man, trending upward. Your man crush on RNH is just really it off is. the charts. It and is. It's been it's off absurd. the charts for, for like six five years. years. For five like five. Years. I've been glamoring for the guy forever. All right, topic two. Dubnik is back, which, which is great, and ho- hopefully his wife is doing well, and the whole family uh, thing is, is turned around and is going well now. Uh, Devin Dubnik is back. Devin Dubnik on Friday in Colorado was great. It, old school Dubnik, right? Played a really good good game. Um, and then, of course, because he's Devin Dubnik, he had to start on Sunday against the Islanders. And uh, he played okay, but in the third period, it looked like he allowed a couple of yeah shaky goals. Here's what I don't want to see, all right? Alex Daylock, I understand, is never going to be a true one. He's just not that, that guy. Um, Capo might be. I don't know there, but Staloc's not. Capo's back with the Iowa Wild. So, Declan, 
I what I don't want to see is Devin Dubnik playing because of his contract or his name is Devin Dubnik and darn it, he always plays and I should always start. The thing that struck me about the Colorado game was it combined the two things with when Dubnik is going well are key to me. One, he's sharp again because he he came back and struggled in that Coyotes game, but he had been off spending time with his family for, what, weeks before that. So you didn't expect him to be sharp. But by the Colorado game, I felt he was sharp. But the other thing is, just because he's sharp does not mean that he should play a lot because the more he plays, the more tired he gets, the more he allows those stupid, fluky goals Mm -hmm. that we all watch and are like, what the heck was that? So what I really don't want to see is Dubnik now, oh, Devin's back, he's our one doesn't mean he does I'm not suggesting he be benched, and I'm not saying that he doesn't play, but I am saying Alec, Alex Stalock deserves to be treated like a 1B now, not a, oh, man, when Devin needs, uh, when Devin needs a, a blow, Alex, you'll play. Alex needs to have a set schedule. Alex, you're going to start tonight, and even if Devin Dubnik stopped 30 shots the last game, or, you know, th- 35 shots the last game, Alex, you're still going to start tonight. And that's the toughest, toughest part, and especially when you're playing a team like Toronto who has so many superstars up front. I, I will say, I mean, it's, it's hard to make a case that Alex should start. I know, I know Dubnik started the back-to-back, but I almost feel a little more comfortable with Devin Dubnik in that against a team like Toronto who is so stacked up front just like the Isles were. And I know the Isles turned it on a little bit in the third, but for the most part, they, they couldn't get anything past them for the first 40 minutes of that game. And it's to the point where with Staylock. I, I don't I wouldn't send him down or anything, but I know what Staylock is, and Dubnik can't really get past his hump right now. I think he's plateaued. I think he's peaked, and that's why I want Capo up here because at this point, with these young kids playing so well, even that, and I'm not sure Staylock's contract situation. I know it's a very small cap it, and there might be a two way option in there. I think it's got a few years left on it. Yeah, and it does. I think he sounds like a four year, very friendly goaltender deal. He, he's the guy that, that they're going to expose in the expansion draft. Yeah. And that's probably the move. And that's why they did it. Yeah. So that's probably why they did that. So, and, and I, and the only way Koppel really gets up here then is if there's another injury or another setback to Dubnik or he has to step away from the ice. And with Capo, who played so well in those first six games, I know he had a couple clunkers at the end, but you need to see what your goaltender of the future is. Devin Dubnik only has, I think, a year left in his contract after this season. So he's also expiring here. He's also possibly done. To be honest, I know he has a no-movement clause, so you have to protect him in the expansion draft, but that would be in a situation where I would love to expose Dubnik in an expansion draft. Oh, you're doing a heartbeat And now. you would roll with Capo and Staylock, or you know, you, you send out Staylock, and the buyout wouldn't be much. It would be peanuts if you even had to buy out Staylock. And that's where I want to I see Cockin and get time. But with Dubnik, it's just it's, I don't want to fall into the same habits that, like you said, we've had for the last five years. And at one point, I understood those habits. He deserved to be out there for 70 starts three or four years ago. Now, we're not at that point anymore. And right. Staylock needs reps. He needs starts. And I know he's had a bad stretch of games here in this month of December, but you still have to trot him out there. You still have to give him time. And, and not when give Dubnik him... tires out, he becomes what should be a backup goaltender. Yeah. Like what makes him good on nights he's good is he's fresh and sharp. But if I, but, and, and we got so fooled and he was so good after they got him from the Coyotes that we thought, oh, this guy can play forever. And he, and he was great that time. But we have now seen a, lo- a very large sample size that indicates to us that when, when he wears down, he's a backup goaltender. Mm-hmm. Like, he allows weird goals. He allows bad goals. He looks tired. The thing 
thing that intrigues me about Stalock playing against skilled teams, too, is he can get the puck out by himself. He can feed defensemen. He can feed breakouts. Dubnik has no chance. And my other problem with Dubnik is it's almost like at times when, when he watches Stalock, he's like, oh, I'll try that, too. It's like, no, Devin, you can't do that. Don't do those things. But, you know, if you're playing a Toronto, which, is, which has some highly skilled guys, Stalock has a chance to move that puck out. That's true. But hey, this is not. This is just moral plea for what you said. Let's not go back to what we were doing. If you're Boudreaux and the Wild, let's not go back to what you were doing and just saying, well, Devin's back, so now. And Bruce said, I think it was after the Colorado game or a couple of games ago, Bruce did say that Dubnik is our number one goaltender, which I totally get, partially because Devin needs to hear that. Yeah, But that doesn't mean that you don't have way more set games that Stalock's going to play. The usage can definitely be declined to a more sustainable rate. It's right. load, like we, we talked about it after Sunday's game. Load management. Load management in sports right now is, is I feel like, the new analytics. It, it's the and new you know hot what? button That's thing. a perfect term for goaltender use. Yeah, it That's totally should. That's a perfect should. term. And load management. Load management. That's exactly what you want. You're seeing other teams like in the NBA and even the NFL with Mike Zimmerner's cornerbacks. You have a deficiency here, all right? It's not a shutdown unit. What do I have to do? I have to strategically deploy them. And that's what you have to do with Dubnik and Stalock. It should no longer be 70-30 like it's been for the last five years. I think it should be 55-45. Devin starts 55% of them. Stalock starts 45. I think that's a respectable, sustainable rate. Um, Because you can't get into a habit where Dubnik just starts, 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 and then Stalock barely has enough time to be fresh, and he's not playing well. And it's not fair. It's not fair to Stalock either, who at times, even though didn't play well, got a lot of wins for you. And I, I, goaltender wins are a little bit of an uh, empty stat. I get it. But he still gave, he still put your team in a position to win. He did a good job. And in over, He deserves credit for and that. Exactly. And in overtime and shootouts, especially the three-on-three overtime, stay locked. I mean, he probably makes 90% of his contract when he's in the three-on-three. Topic three, Eric Stahl, because everybody has to have one. Eric Stahl who got off to a horrendous start, but uh, bounced back, I think it was in early November or so, and started to play well, and has played really well, is the Wilds representative for, I think it's the January 25th All-Star Game in St. Louis. He'll, uh, he'll play on the Central Division team because we have the cute three-on-three tournament mm. that now feeds into one, uh, what, it's the Central Division plays another division, right. the other divisions play, and then it's, it feeds into a championship it's game. It's too confusing. Uh, Eric Stahl um, deserves this. I got to be honest with you. If I am teetering on the playoff bubble at at deadline time and a team on his no trade list comes along and offers me a nice package because he's played really well. If I'm Billy Guerin, I listen long and hard. And this is this is a credit to Stahl, who clearly was who was hurt when the season started, should not have been playing. Somebody screwed up there. Somebody should have said because he the player is always going to say, I want to play. Somebody should have said, "No, dude, you're going to you're going to sit in the press box, get healthy, and then play." But since that time period, Eric Stahl has been really, really good. Well, and last year, I, I think the trade deadline talk, and I think he was even on the record that it did start to affect him a little bit. And we were some of us were a little puzzled when he did not go to Boston or, or, or Winnipeg. I believe is what I was hearing that he could have been flipped for a first. He said no. And then he got a contract extension the next day. And, every, and I believe when even Lindsey Brown back in the old days of Judd's Hockey Show last year, you two were floored by that. You said Las that's Vegas unacceptable. Star, yeah, Vegas star. She I mean, is a she's just star big star. in the desert. We're, uh, and then here's Judd and Declan. Still, still the same. It's uh, only 40 degrees here. Right. 40 below or whatever but it is. I understood the extension, and I thought that's a player and a veteran 
and I, you don't, you're, you're not going to like this when I say this, but that's a veteran I wanted comfortable. That's a veteran that I wanted yeah, to make I sure his game. I know, that. I know you do. I, that's a guy that is oh, who's a coddle. goal scorer and, and had to be coddled player. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Coddled in a good way though, and you see it. All right, okay. You see the results right now. You see him. He's playing like he did the first season here. And to be honest, I I told you it too. If if you're going to flip him, dude, I am not interested in a 28th overall pick. I want something young back. I but, want a but what player if you can get back. That? I'm interested. No, you brought that up. I like the point. Yeah. I, I have not debated that point right. with you, but let's say that you can. He is right now, if you went to a contender who either Stahl would accept a trade to, mm, 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 the Carolina Hurricanes going home or something like that, and they offered what you're saying, it's not beyond the scope of belief right now that there would be a team that would offer a good young player, not saying a star, but a really good young player. A Kevin Fiala. Eric, Kind of play. If I can plug Eric Stahl in as my two or three in a league where, where yes, he doesn't have a lot of playing time left in his career, but right now it's hard to find centers. Declan, I'm not against you on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just it, Sports Dad's with you for for not pulling where, apart for where the Wild are with their centers right now. If you're gonna if if things go badly or if even you know you 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 pull the plug on something, let's say Bill Guerin says I I got to make this trade. I don't care how good we're playing. I'm not gonna get an offer like this again for this player. I got to do this. You need to get something back because if you're if you're foregoing a center, we've already see we already just saw how difficult it was when Koivu and Ek were out and Rask had to play in an elevated role and you had Nico Storm, who actually played very admirably, but probably should not be playing high ice time. Um, you need to get something back there. But with Stahl going to the All Star game, I think that I mean I get it. He's probably the most deserving. Um, I'm I'm not unless there is an injury, I'm not for him skipping it. You know, I, I know Ovechkin skipped it. I've thought about that, but the more I think, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Unless there's an injury that comes up. Now, if you were good, I'd like him to skip it. Mm-hmm. But you're not good enough for him to or skip it. Or if it was like, uh, let's say, you know, reverse, where Koi was now coming off an injury and he's getting healthy again or something. Like, ah, maybe maybe take this weekend they off. They might allow you to, to do that then without the one-game suspension. Exactly. Too, I think there has, there has to be an injury clause. Yeah. If, like, I know, and I'm sure there has to be some type of medical medical clearance there. But... I'm I'm happy he's going. That's fine. He's having a great year. Um, he he's been an integral part of this team. He's a veteran that I that I, I know you hate when I say it, but he is a veteran. I do like Coddled. He has to be comfortable, and he's going to make a big difference. I think if they are in the playoffs, he's been good this year. He's been very good this year. He's been good this year. Okay, that leads to my next question off the stall uh, topic, and that is this: not pie in the sky, but realistically, if things were going as they should be going, not even necessarily for the team, but players. Who would be your ideal representative? Who, if you could only pick one, who would you like to see going to the All Star Game because they've been that good? Well, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Zuccarello. <laughs> I really would have. Um, I think he he would have been up there, and he's a respected player enough where I think players would have like voted him in. Um, but I think I think Brodine, I think Brodine's having probably his best season ever, and that's and that's he has so many good under the radar, underappreciated seasons. Absolutely, for sure. But I, I think he deserves to go. I think Spurgeon went last year, didn't he? I think I think Spurgeon went. I think he might have went at least once. Sounds right. So there's no one really. I honestly that, don't care. Yeah. but that sounds right. But I, I, I would say Brodeen uh, deserves to go. And if there was like a rookie game, which I don't think they do, they don't. They, they don't do a do, skills competition. They right? do a skills comp, which would be fun. But I, they don't do a rookie. And they should do something with goaltenders they uh, should, playing the puck. No, I think, they should in the just skills blow comp. the whole thing up and not. Do I it. love the skills. I hate the, the, the fat. Game. The play the, play the outdoor game. The speed. The shooting no, contest, blow the I whole love thing that. Up. Take that. I, sponsors, boring. Um, so, so I, I think it. You know, Brodeen's deserving of it. 
you know, and for God's sakes, I, is, is it just the Stanley Cup or the Western and Eastern Conference winners of coaches that coach the team? Is that how that's I know determined? it's the coach. I think it's the coach from each division who's in first place at the time. Oh, is that what Bruce it is? coached the team in 17, I think. That's right. Because I think the Wild led the Central. At, now, the game, as we record this, the game is three weeks away. But I think they've so, – so the captains, which Ovechkin was, he's going to skip, are picked by fans online voting. I believe the league then picks the players. And then the coaches at some point here in the next couple of weeks will be named. And I think it's the coaches that are in first place. Okay. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bruce there as well. How about this one, though? And I, I know that you share my frustration here. In the ideal world, it should be Matthew Dumba if things were going right, but they're going so wrong. He can't hit the net. You, you talked about that at the outset of today's uh, of, of our recording today. He can't hit the net. What's going on here? Do you, here's here's what worries me. I'm flat out tell you what worries me here because this seems odd. Like this guy got off to the really good start last year before the fight with Kachuk and obviously what tore the pack. Mm-hmm. I Declan, I'm to the point now. I'm wondering if he did either, and and there were complications in the rehab process. I'm wondering if he did, I hate to say this word, but irreparable damage or enough damage that this is just not right. Like this drop-off is not, for a while there I thought, okay, you know, he's still trying to get back. And I might have been right about that, Declan. And then the next thing I thought is, man, his confidence is really gone. Um, But once confidence comes back, he'll be fine. But again on Sunday against the Islanders watching that game, until he proves me wrong, I'm really concerned because this could be a dynamic offensive defenseman, and right now, something's really wrong. Even just eliminating this skid that he's on, the snake bit that he's been, I think last season skewed the perception of him. I don't think he was that player. I just think that that kind of guy who was on pace for 30 goals in a season, it just doesn't happen. Sure. It just doesn't At 30, happen. Yeah, and I'm not saying he was a 30-goal scorer, sure. but what I am saying is he he had some very nice very, very uh, nice set of offensive mm-hmm. skills from the blue line mm-hmm. that I don't feel like we're seeing anymore. Right, and now it's, it, I think it's the bad luck that's really affecting him and, and, the, and the consciousness that he knows that he wants a goal so bad. I think that, that's lingering in him. Um, you'd like to think once one goes in, you know, then, then an avalanche of them comes in too, but I, I, just, I, think he's, I think he's so snake-bitten right now that he doesn't know what to do. And there was ample opportunities on Sunday against the Islanders, open nets that he's missing. And, I, you know, that's not a guy you can probably scratch. We've talked about that before. I don't think you can scratch him. Um, maybe it's, you know, a hard reset of a, of a trade dead, or of, a, of the All-Star game where he can just go home and focus on himself for a little bit, take some time off. If that means not going to Mexico with the boys and hanging out, it might, might mean that, dude. But aren't you concerned a little bit that he's just not right? Yeah, he's not right. No, but I mean, like pe- physically, yeah, physically, like gotcha. physically, he did something. The fact that the fact that he clearly had setbacks during the rehab process, and the fact that the skill set that he had last year seems to have eroded from that so so badly. I've gotten worried now because this. I mean, that the difference. This is not. This is not a steady defenseman who can still do his job. When he's at the top of his abilities, you know, that's a first-unit power play guy on the point. That's a booming slap shot. Yes, it's a guy who defensively is going to screw up at times, but he's also going to make plays. I'm I'm to the point now where I am worried because if something is still wrong with with the pack or if if there is something physically that they're not going to talk about, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, we'll tell you about it. 
we're, we're not finding it's out. It's definitely a substantial injury. And, and a pectoral, I think it's like under the radar. I don't think people hear an ACL, right? Or they hear concussions or they hear kind of but a, you think what he has a blatant what, one. What his strength is. Right. Think of where it's and at. And what that does to his strength. And he shoots left, I believe. So, I mean, that it's all right there. It saps it. Yes. yes it's all right there. So, yes, it's definitely concerning. And it, like I said, you might you might have to just shut him down for a week. You might just have to. And, and if the break comes up and he says him and Brodine and Felino are all going to go to Playa del Carmen for the weekend and get away. And I don't, you know what? I don't think that might not be a great idea. I know that's an unplug, unwind kind of vacation. And I hate to dictate a an athlete or celebrity's lifestyle because I don't live it, but you might have to take care of yourself here. And, and that's where he's at. He's only got three goals on the season. So it's very concerning. And, and also his cap hit of $6 million, he can't be this player making that money. I don't think he has no movements. I think it's just a normal contract. I, I could be wrong on that, thinking off the top of my head. But he's a player where he's making $6 million. He has to be dynamic. And it's not like we're with Spurgeon where... And what makes him is dynamic plays. Is his offense. Brodine is, uh, hey, man, you're steady. And so if we don't, if if we go a week without talking about Brodine, we still assume he's fine. All good, right? Dumba is made by the dynamic plays, and the dynamic plays are absolutely absent. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's very concerning. I'm worried about him because because he, like you said, he was supposed to be the game breaker and the, and the closest thing they have to a game breaker. I should never call a defenseman necessarily a game breaker, sure. but but he is. He's supposed to be your your secret weapon, your ace in the hole. And right now, he's playing third line with Brad Hunt, who also shouldn't be playing, in my opinion. But that's another topic. Brad Hunt is playing a lot of late. Ugh, I can't. I I don't get it. I and it might just because Dumba's playing so bad that Bruce says, "Well, this guy's shot goes well, he in." He scored a goal against Colorado, right? I, I think it's to the point where Bruce just says, "Great local story." I, I don't know why you're putting him down like this. I don't. I I just think he can do better. It's just an unrestricted 31-year-old guy who looks like an usher. I, I, I'm sure he's a great guy, okay? Really I'm, good guy. That's I'm a great guy. Brad, this is Judd telling you I've got your back. I'm right. a great guy, and I'm a healthy scratch from the on-air lineup most of the times here at 1,500, too. So, okay? so I get Except where he's coming from. Except when you get ripped from. on Twitter. Yeah, I know. People love it. I mean, Phil put out that nice note to all the people yep. that like score north, and then you're like, what else can we do for you? And some guy tweets you back and says, you guys all suck. Uh, you know, one metric ratings. I don't have fancy graphs and fancy uh, Arbitron ratings to tweet out like some other you know, I did tweet too. that guy back and say, is this uh, an attack against us at Score North here or just Declan? Because I, I, I felt it was against you. Uh, and, and if that's the case, I was fine. I think it's just sports dad's negativity rubbing off on sports son. And, and now I'm now I'm under your umbrella. So now I'm, I'm just naturally underneath your negativity. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why is the National Hockey League so stupid? They're the worst. They're the, le- they're the least progressive league in the NHL or in, in all sports. So Ovechkin is going to skip the All-Star game because he's old. Because he probably wants to go get hammered. Who cares why? Yeah, that sounds good to me. And the, the league put in a rule a few years back that if you don't play in the All-Star game, you are suspended for the game before or after the All-Star game. So I looked this up, Declan. Ovechkin not playing in the All-Star game means that he can pick. And by the way, he ain't going to care. He's probably going to be very happy about this. He can pick the January 18th game at the Islanders or the January 27th game that the Capitals play at the Canadians to be suspended for. How on earth does the National Hockey League think that it's a good idea to to say, okay, you're not going to the All-Star game? Then the fans who paid to see partially you, right? And Because Ovechkin in a yeah. visiting building, I don't care if he's going there once or twice or three times, you are thinking, oh, my gosh, I get to see the great, the great eight. And they're saying, oh, no, no, we're, we're going to make an example of him by suspending him, which, by the way, he's probably like, cool, I get two games off. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, this is it, the more I think about this, and I don't recall if when when they put this rule in, I talked about it at the time. But the more I think about this, you are punishing. You are punishing. 
if you're going to do this at the very least, then, which I think, I still think it's stupid, but if you're going to do this, then suspend them for a home game because then the owner of the Capitals can go to the league and be like, I don't like this because I'm, but Islander fans or Canadians fans, and both of these are road games, now one of them is not going to get to see so one of those players going. Just so I'm sure. So it, it has to be one of those two games. He doesn't have the option. According to what I've read, he's got, he, he has the option to pick one of those Because if I'm, if I'm Alex, I either I probably just do it's that the first. the game before after. Okay. If, I, if I'm Alex, I probably just do the one after. But it also, because if, if, I think in baseball this is the case, right? Like if you get suspended, can't you pick when, you're, when you are suspended? Am I wrong there? Am I just completely whipping? You can oh you can appeal you can appeal but they no you can't pick the games you can't pick the game that they you then sit if they out. uphold if you appeal if you're suspended and you appeal you are not suspended until the, the appeal, appeal is heard but then you don't get to pick the dates got it because if that was the case I would, if I was Alexander Vetchkin and they would clinch a you know the president's trophy or clinch a playoff spot I would just sit out April eighth you know I would I would just be like well I'm not going to oh no you game, can't do that which is which it's is also BS after. I think it's also BS sure no it, it's it's very stupid this is very NHL to be. Not progressive and 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 again coddling, coddling their star players. And I I don't, I'm not we're not going to compare Stahl to Ovechkin, but my point is Alexander Ovechkin is a star in this league. He's carried this league essentially with Sydney on his back for the last what 15 years. Let's be honest. And you are making an example out of him over something so unnecessary. Just it's an All Star game. Who cares? And, and it's now a three on three tournament. And then the ripple effect of your fans who get to pay to see Alex. And it'd be one thing if those were divisional games, and you'd be like, well, I get to see him again. This is Toronto, and it's and it's uh, Winnipeg. You know, I don't, I don't think who, I don't know if you said who it was, but the point is, yeah. you you are now robbing fans who paid good money to see Alexander Ovechkin. Right. I go, to, I went to that Islanders game on Sunday. Yes, for thirty percent to watch the Wild and seventy percent to watch Barzell. He's that great that to was watch. the whole reason I went. Majority of the reason Bar- I how went. How great Barzell! And he's so amazing. Under, so underrated. He's amazing. And luckily, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough, and I'm blessed that I can go with the credential and I can be in that building for free. Right. I'm not paying. I'm not selling out $80 for a nosebleed seat at XL Energy Center to watch my guy. Right. And now you're robbing them of that, which is BS. It's very NHL. It, and it ticks me off, and it's exactly kind of why the NHL will not be respected by the common sports fan. Well, and what's stupid, too, is it's not even an all-star game. It's a three-on-three tournament. Right. So replace him with a young – so replace Ovechkin with a young, fast player. And, you know, three-on-three, three, I want to see young guns. Can you imagine if the NFL did this? Because how many people sit out the flipping Pro Bowl? Imagine oh, if no, they suspended no one else, a player. No one else would do that would, this. It would be an uproar. No one else would do this. And we all agree, probably aside from baseball, all All-Star games should be canceled. They're only done for, for corporate sponsorship. Yeah. They're only done because <laughs> Gary gets to get, you know, Gary can throw parties. I always love to how an All-Star game MVP gets a car. Like, oh, thankfully, thank God, an athlete got a free car. It must be really rough yeah. being him. Can we change up that process and do it like he gets to pick a charitable donation or pick something to give back to his fans or something. Here's a car, Mike Trout. You got 15 of them in your back seat or in your garage at home, but but uh, here's another one for you because you, you went three for four in an all-star game against meaningless 89-mile-an-hour fastballs. Congratulations. I like the anger. Yeah, I, I'm a That's little upset. very good. Sports Dad is upset. really rubbing off See? on you in a positive See, the, way. The Twitter interactions so are One beating. of the people on Twitter hate your yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like It's like the dark side of the See, force. See, I've been used to being ha- hated. It's gotten yeah. the fact where they don't even bother tweeting me to tell me how much they, they despise me these days. Uh, next wild topic, Victor Rask. What do we make of the fact that Victor Rask scored the game-winning goal, and I'll say this slowly, on a snipe at Colorado? Bing. And then on Sunday... Again, against the Islanders. He was great. He looked pretty damn good. I think that was the best game he's had all Now, season. first of all, if we can just box this up for about three weeks and you can send him somewhere, that'd be the greatest thing in the world. But 
this, I got to be honest with you, among the shocking things about a team that started off awful, so there's a lot of surprising things here. Yeah, there are. Seeing the last, like, two games of Victor Rask, Declan, is shocking. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, remarkable. Like, where this guy come from? Right. And, and you also he know. He couldn't skate a month ago. He still can't skate. Yeah, I don't think he can skate. Right. The thing is, is we got fooled. I, I shouldn't say we. I. I got fooled when he was playing so well in the fourth line in November. And out of necessity, he moves up in the top six. They go back to Carolina and Victor Rask, top six. And I, I was licking my chops. Ooh, baby, here we go. Victor Rask is going back home. I tweeted you that. Shove it I texted you that faces. night. It was a mistake. There you go. Raleigh's, I texted you. Raleigh and my brother are going to be eating their words about Victor Rask. And, I texted you. And look what happened. He, he lasted maybe half a dozen shifts or Boudreaux said, uh-uh, can't do this anymore. Um, so I think the problem is, is yes, he's turned into a, actually a very effective fourth line player. In that Islanders game, he was skating circles around people and, and honestly creating a lot of offense. He was in the offensive zone, it seemed, every time. And I also think that's Bruce Boudreaux using that fourth line to his advantage. We talked about that a few podcasts ago, that this fourth line is underrated and probably in a very important part of this team that people don't see on a box score every night. But if you can take him, if someone, some sucker, right, find a sucker, just like Paul Fenton took him, find a sucker to take him. Now, Paul Fenton's no sucker. He's not. And some great deals. You can before you, he left town. I, I actually think someone is will be able to 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 take him on. And if that means we even take on a million dollars of that salary each season, I might entertain it. It's to the point where I I would be shocked but if someone. But where did this come from? I have no idea, man. I think it's I think it's Bruce Boudreaux's deployment of him. I think it's the it's okay. again the, the load okay. management, right? I think I think it has a lot to do with that, and if he can just be an effective fourth line player, I've gotten fooled enough this year to know anytime he goes above that and he's asked to do more, the flaws are going to come back. And and yeah, Fenton might have saw something in that, and he was the only one who saw something in that that he was going to be something more. But I think he can be a very effective fourth line player. So good for you. Congrats. I just, I just the, it shocked me. Colorado too, which is one of the fastest, if not the fastest team in this league. Colorado is so good. And he goes in and snipes. And the Colorado backup goaltender to me, not that night at least, not impressive. He didn't play well. But nonetheless, if you were to ask me at the start of the year, what are five things you don't expect from the National Hockey League in 2019-20? I think a Victor Rask snipe goal might have been near the top of that list. I would yeah. have said, I don't expect that to happen. Yeah. Should we uh, finish up these uh, hat trick questions? questions? Let's All get right. to them. Eight, Love it. Eight minutes to go. You got it. All right. So Eric Stahl has uh, 15 goals through, I believe, 40 games this year. Will he break 30 by the end of the season? He's technically on pace. I think he will. I think he definitely will. He plays a ton. He's played really well. If he got out, if the bad start was just this weird, really bad start and he hadn't been hurt, I'd be like, yeah, you don't know. I think he might regress. But he played hurt. Something was wrong. And he shouldn't have played. But the fact was that was not him. Really not him. Um, With the way he's playing. And you know what? That signing, the original one at least, has continued to be a really good signing. And I like him a lot. I just think he's tradable. But that, all that being said, that's a long way to say I think he does get to 30 goals. Um, and I think he does it either if he's playing here or if he gets traded to a team where he can help help them. And I do think that he could be a really nice playoff guy for some team. I agree. I think he could help a team make a run. <clears throat> Pittsburgh Penguins or somebody like that might be able to use it. I think uh, I think he but gets. They're the probably 30. on his no trade. List. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, they probably are. Uh, are they? Yeah, he put uh, teams that are contenders. He's blocking. So he, he pulled like a contend- mad bum. He pulled, pulled like a one yes. with the Giants. He's blocking this year. Yes, he. Um, I, I was. I read or was told last year that his no trade list uh, was full of teams 
that were contenders. Interesting. So I Pittsburgh's think, probably on that list. I would think it'd be the opposite. I think you'd like to possibly go home. No, he doesn't want to be traded. Hmm. He doesn't want to be traded, and he knows that the bottom feeders won't want him. Interesting. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, on the same topic, Ryan Donato with eight goals now, still playing like 10 minutes So you said night. yes, though? Yes, I said yes. Okay. He gets the 30 goals, so whether it's with us. 30 yes, goals. 30 goals. Uh, number two of the hat-trick of questions. Ryan Donato has eight goals on the season. How many goals will Ryan Donato finish with? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Can't you tell by I'm right, wiping my brow right, right. now? Well, I'll, here, Sports stands here. up against it. Why don't you answer? I'll go. I'll go first. Why don't you answer? I think he gets to 15, and that would mean he would only score eight goals over the second half of the season. Um, maybe I'm wrong, I, I, but I, I think 15 goals for Ryan Donato, even coming into this season, if I said Ryan Donato is going to score 15 goals, I would have said, okay. I would have not been like, ah, oh, but he could get more. Like, I, that's not enough for me. I would have been like, sign me up for that. Because even though he came in last year with a bunch of spark and a great shot, I wasn't going to call him a 20-goal score. And I don't think it would have been fair to label him that after just And he should be someday. 17. Yeah, he might be. I think, I think his ceiling is a 20-goal score. Sure. But I, I think 15 is a respectable number. So what do you got? You're still, you're still struggling. Here. Eight goals. He likes to shoot. Bruce doesn't play him a lot at times, which confuses me. Um, if there was more faith in him and more ice time, I would put him on near twenty. Fifteen um, is probably incredibly fair. I'll, I'll I'll put him close to twenty. I'll say seventeen or so. It's the ice time that I don't I don't know that he plays enough, and I don't I still can't tell if like at times he's going to be scratched, which I hate, or at times he just disappears as far as his playing time goes. The thing I do love about him though is he he does seem intent on shooting first, which is great. Um, but I'll put him on 17, which I think is fair. I wish I could. I wish that if I was confident in his playing time, I would say 20. Yeah. I would say 20, but I, I'll say 17. And I, I think one 15 day. 15 probably. Yeah. Right. I think one day, 20 goals is exactly who you want him to be. I think that would be his floor. Um, final one, kind of back to our Dumba conversation. So I want you to put yourself in Matt Dumba's body, which I can't even honestly picture. That's how difficult this is. That's not, yeah, that's not fair to Matt Dumba. If you were Matt Dumba, what would you do differently to get yourself out of your funk? So you're a hockey player, Judd, or even if you want to look at it as you, as a hockey player, what would you have done? Would you have started going to bed earlier? Would you have cut off all friends? Would you, would you have, what would you have done differently? Give me something. I'm going to tell you right now, here's my problem, is what, what we talked about earlier uh, on this recording of Judd's Hockey Podcast, Declan, is I think that this is physical. I've really grown to believe. I don't. For a while, I thought it was mental. For a while, I thought it was just... Uh, taking time to get back into into hockey shape after missing substantial time, especially game time. But now I'm beginning to think it's physical. And so I'd probably go back to the doctor and be like, what's going on here? I don't, you know, the power is not, something's not there. Something, I'm just grown convinced of this. Something's not right. Something's not there. He's like Lou Gehrig gripping a baseball. Like something's not all here. It's just, well, it's this, you know, he's got the booming shot, but now he can't hit the net. It's mm-hmm. just, it all seems odd. And, and, I think, what, about three years ago or so, we, we all had conversations about his maturity at that time and, yeah. and how he was handling life and if he was dedicated to his craft. And my sense is he's gotten a lot better I about think he's that. Done, I think he's grown up 10 years okay. in, in two. So this is not to question that. I think, personally. I could be wrong. but Well, but just to that point, you know, if you could say that, oh, man, he's got to mature. But I think he has matured, and he definitely got a taste of how good he can be uh, last season. So it would probably be more consultations with the doctors, and hopefully they can just say, yeah, sorry, Matt, it's going to take some time. And, you know, e- even if you have, end up, from his standpoint, sort of flushing 2019-20, 
if you can know that he's going to come to training camp 2020-21 for that season in better condition as far as the arm goes and the pec goes. Um, but I don't know that there's something definite that you can do to snap this funk. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid the funk is being caused by things that might be outside of Matthew's control. So if, if I was him, and if I were him and, and I was in Matt Dumba's shoes, and if it wasn't necessarily health-related, I think, and he might be doing this, to be honest, I would be on the ice every other day taking shots to the net. I don't care if there's a goalie there or not for an hour a day. Just ripping shots, ripping shots, ripping shots. But is that the best thing for his, for him? I if see. That, this if is that, all the what means, we don't know. Yeah, if that means putting a goalie in there just so you, you know, because you're shooting at an open net, you know, like yeah, that's not really going to help you a ton. No, but I'm saying is he? It, but but if the peck is still screwed up, then ripping shots ain't going to help him. Right. I'm 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 under the belief that maybe there isn't something wrong. Okay. I don't, I, so I, that this is my philosophy of if there isn't anything physically wrong and it's all between the years. Yep. I think you need to go in there and just start ripping pucks, man. I don't know what that and I, and I I think film review is only going to get you so far. He's obviously doing that. He's he's supposed to be doing that. So I'm assuming he's doing that. But I if that means sitting in at practice, the last one off the ice and ripping shots in the net to get my shot back and get my confidence back and see like, "Oh my god, this sure. is what I want to do." I think that's what I would do. I've got a bonus one quickly for you. Yeah. Are are you going to tune into the Winter Classic between the Predators and Stars from the Cotton Bowl? On New Year's Day, Declan. I, I think so. Um, I, I'm probably going to be in a very top tier shape because nothing ever crazy happens on New Year's Eve, right? Um, and with the way I live, big and, plans tonight. Uh, not nothing in stone, and nothing I'm going to tell my audience because I don't want them to find me. But because uh, I'm obviously big on Twitter, and people know who I am, they oh, like to rip God, me, right? So, to, so they, they know who the hell I am. Uh, so I'm probably going to sit down and watch it. I'm, I'm going to be working on a wild piece too. I think uh, for scorenorth.com. Yeah, football, don't forget, go for football. Going oh, on by the way, game. we got to move this. We have to move this All Star game. You, you can't be conflicting with New Year's Six Bowls if you're the NHL. And this is, again, this goes back to my point. The, the NHL are game. stupid. Actually, the Winter Classic. The Winter Classic. Oh, oh, oh. You have oh, to oh. move. Sorry. You have to move the Winter Classic Why? January the, 1. The, the whole point was for it to be, but it doesn't go up against those games. It doesn't? Well, it goes up against New, New Year's Six Bowls, but it doesn't go up against the National. It's not at least this year. Are you sure? The, the two key. Well, it goes up against bowls that are part of the group. But right now, they played the two key games on Saturday, and then the National Championship game is not until whatever the day Find is. a gap, and this is always so the hard to do. The point was to go up against bowls because people had grown That's tired not gonna work. of the overplay. You know what? It's the one decent idea I thought they had. No, the Winter Classic is a great idea. No, but I like, the, I like the Jan- stupid. See, I like the January 1 God, thing. I love I like the January 1 thing. What's your problem? the game of hockey, and it, it baffles me how how. No, but they did this on purpose people because people were tired of bowls. Now, if they're going up against the, the so the semifinals were on Saturday, December twenty eighth. Yes. The national championship between LSU and Clemson is on January thirteenth. Yeah, you're going up against the Rose Bowl, but I I don't mind that at all. You're going up against the Gophers. I also don't care about that. Figure, figure it out. Oh, they've got so much bigger problems. That'd be the last thing I would. I address. got a lot. Of, now, but here's the other thing: is get rid of the never play another outdoor game aside from the Winter Classic. Okay, yeah. The I'm Stadium Series thing. We could talk about that for that's one of the stupidest things of all time. And I know we got one, and it was cool. But you know what's going to be a lot cooler next year when we are reportedly are going to get the January 1st Winter Classic? Doing Judd's Hockey Show from Target Field. We are? I, we're going to do it at the Winter Classic. Can we do that? Uh, we'll have to talk to Gary and his buddies, and I'm sure the great progressive NHL would totally allow that Stop to happen. Stop ticking people off on Twitter. Sorry. Stop making people mad. Judd's Hockey Show. We're done for 2019, but uh, we'll be back. In fact, I think we'll be back for a uh, one-timer at some point this week, probably on Friday. Bye. Bad, bad shoot score.